0: success is a plan well executed you are tuned in to the greatest asset community podcast i'm your host frederick middlebrooks and in this episode we are talking about planning for the future not home ownership but your financial future because americans as a whole are very undereducated when it comes to financial literacy and very unprepared as we move throughout life toward retirement. So I want to take a little bit of time to go through a few things that might help guide you along your journey so that you can end up in a more comfortable place as you continue to progress throughout the years and you can feel happy about the progress that's being made and where it will end you up or where it will put you uh, when it's time for you to, to retire or move on to the next chapter of life. So with that, we're going to jump on into it. A lot of Americans are struggling when it comes to finances. I am a mortgage loan officer, so I take a look at a lot of financial pictures for individuals who are looking to purchase homes, what they are making, uh, what they are saving from what they are making, how much they have uh, in debt. And so a lot of Americans as a whole are struggling when it comes to their finances. And a lot of that deals with people just not knowing how to manage finances better. This is something that I feel our, our school system, and when I say our, I mean, as, in the, as a whole in the US, the school system, um, the American education system has done, not done a great job of incorporating financial literacy into the curriculum so that people can get a better understanding of how to spend their finances, how to save finances, how to manage finances. And so I want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the things that you should know and should be incorporating into your day to day activities and month to month spending plans uh, so that you can come out better than most Americans and just better overall in general. So for one, uh, with most people struggling with finances, they struggle in three main areas. They struggle to, when it comes to spending money, they spend foolishly, they spend on things that they shouldn't spend money on. We've all wasted money before. I've wasted definitely my fair share of money. Um, They struggle to save. And that's one area where I say beyond spending, a lot of people really, really struggle to just put money away in savings, whether it be for a rainy day or whether it be For this next topic, they struggle to invest, so putting that money away for investment purposes, where it's not going to be touched, and the whole purpose of that money is to sit and grow so that later on you have a lot more that you can tap into to make your retirement or whatever it may be more comfortable maybe you want to use that money uh to buy a vacation home because throughout your life you've been able to make enough money to where you can retire comfortably and so now you can dig into that uh retirement nest egg or that investment nest egg that you've been building and you can use that to buy a vacation home or take a trip or whatever it is that you'd like to do with that money so Um, there's a rule that a lot of people may or may not be aware of, but it's called the 50, 30, 20 rule, and it relates to allocating the income that you make. So what it is, is that 50% of the money that you make should go toward needs, the things that you need. This is your housing payment. This is gas, utilities, food, those necessities. This is what 50% of your income should go towards. 30% 30% of your income should go toward wants. These are the things like your Netflix. I wanna go out and take a trip. I wanna go buy something you know, for myself or whatever it might be uh, that's a want, but not a need. That's 30% of your income. And then 20% of your income should be saving and investing. So you should allocate 20% of that income towards saving and investing. My guess would be if you ask the average American how much of their money they're advocating toward allocating towards savings and investing, it is probably less than 20% of Americans out there that are actually allocating that much of their income towards savings and investing. And so that's where I want to focus the bulk of this, this podcast is on that 20% because that 20% uh, or whatever percent it is that it, is, It ends up being for you, whether it's 10%, 5%, whatever it is, that savings and investing percent is what's going to have the biggest impact on how you live the later years of your life. And if you don't take the time now to start planning and preparing for the decades to come. It's really going to hurt you and put you in an uncomfortable situation and possibly put your family members in an uncomfortable situation as well, so i'm going to spend most of this podcast talking about that 20% because that's really where you need to as they say, pay yourself first. You really need to pay yourself first out of that check and make sure that you're putting that money away for savings and investing, because future you, who you don't know yet, but future you is really going to thank you over and over and over again for having taken the steps to put that money away routinely, consistently. And so with that, first and foremost, as a foundation, You should have an emergency fund. This is a fund or a amount of money that is sitting in a bank account. You do not touch it. This is at least six months worth of living expenses for you to be able to utilize if something happens and you need to tap into it. So let's say if you lose your job, you have at least Six months is better if you can have an emergency fund that's a year's worth of expenses, but you have at least six months of expenses that you can tap into and be able to still cover your food, your utilities your mortgage payment or your rent payment for the next six months without having to worry about anything. So that's what your emergency fund is for. Again, you save this money up and you put it away. You don't touch it. You can also use that emergency fund for when actual emergencies come up. Maybe you need to get your car fixed because it's broken down and you still got to get to work. You can tap into that emergency fund to get your car fixed. Now the key is that when you do tap into that emergency fund you want to make sure that you replenish the money that you took out of it to build it back up to that minimum of six months of expenses that you're able to cover so if you do tap into it for an actual emergency you wanna replenish that money first so that you always have that money there for when those emergencies arise. Um, but after you get that emergency fund, then you definitely wanna start putting money away for savings and investing. And investing is really, really key because inflation is something that is always going to be around. We are always having uh, the cost of goods and services continually going up yes you do have moments where it might be relatively flat uh there have been a couple times in history where we've had deflationary periods but for the most part uh inflation is something that happens year over year and because of that you want to invest your money somewhere that is exceeding a rate of inflation so that you can grow your money uh for the future when you will actually need it so getting a little bit back on the spending uh, one of the things that will help you with spending your money, um, and this is the part that focuses on that 50% and that 30% for your wants as well. Um, you want to track every single dollar that you spend and it's definitely key to do this earlier on, if you are not in a habit of making the best decisions when it comes to your money, you definitely want to track every dollar that you spend, because it's really going to cause you to focus on where your money is going. A lot of times you get paid, whatever money you get paid from your job. And before you know it, that money just goes away like that, whether it be toward bills, whether it be towards entertainment, food, utilities, that that money just tends to just disappear quickly. And part of how you can better manage your funds is by knowing where that money is going. So you need to track every dollar that you spend. If you're swiping the card for that uh, cappuccino at Starbucks, then you need to track that money and know, okay, how much am I spending every week at Starbucks? Wow, Starbucks is getting $40 out of every week. That's a you know, $120 or $160 a month that Starbucks is getting from me. Um, You need to track that and you need to know that because now you can focus on where you might need to make cutbacks because maybe Starbucks is getting 5% of your income and you want to allocate more of that towards your savings. Maybe you want to allocate more of it towards another area, but you need to track it so you know where your money is going. And one better method um you definitely need to track, but another thing that you can do that is even in addition, that's a better addition to tracking is to allocate where your money's going before you even receive it. So if you know that you get paid, let's say $4,000 a month, 4,000 a month equates to almost 50,000 a year. Allocate where that money's gonna go before you receive it. So if you know that rent is gonna cost you 1,500, Go ahead and okay i got four thousand i get paid I know 1500 is going to a rent I know i need to save um, let's say you're at ten percent so that's four hundred dollars you need to save or if you're saving the twenty percent that's eight hundred dollars you need to save you need to allocate this much that's going to go towards your needs that 50 percent and then this is how much you have left over for your wants and you allocate that money ahead of time so that whenever your wants column runs out you can't buy the things you want anymore until the next month comes. And that's how you discipline yourself and in making sure that you are building for a more successful future with the money that you save and the money that you uh, spend as well. So again, track every dollar that you spend, but also allocate where the money's going before you even get it. And that will help you to plan in advance so that you don't end up, overspending and now you're just calculating what you're spending and having to write that off and oh oh I overspent this column but I tracked it all it's like no but go one step further and allocate where the money's going to go before you even receive it. So moving on a little bit to talk about the retirement aspect of things and uh with savings and investing. So many Americans either and I'm I'm going to mention three columns and my Yes, is that you may fall in one of these three columns most Americans do, but one is they are either not saving enough for retirement. They're not saving at all for retirement or they have no idea how much they need to save to even afford to retire, so you answer the question if you fall in one of those three categories either you aren't saving for retirement at all you're not saving enough to retire comfortably or you don't even have an idea of how much you will need to save in order to afford to retire and so you definitely want to know how much you need to save because that's the starting point and you have a lot of individuals who enter their retirement age and would like to retire but they're unable to retire because they can't afford to retire they have to continue working a job that they don't like or even worse you have some individuals who retire but then discover that they don't have enough money to continue to stay retired so now they have to go back into the workplace to make more money just so that they can continue to cover their living expenses and you don't want to be in those categories you want to be able to live life on your own terms, uh, particularly when you get later on in your in life and you're up in your later years and everything. You don't want to have to depend on now I have to go work, particularly at a time where you want to relax a little bit more, be enjoying your family, maybe your kids or grandkids, um, spending time maybe traveling the world or doing things that you've always wanted to do. Uh, you want to make sure that you're able to do those when you do hit your retirement age. And so um, part of planning ahead is making sure that you can accomplish that. And the first step is to have an idea of what you need to be able to retire. So with that, you want to start crunching some numbers. You want to consider inflation. Like we said, inflation is something that happens year over year. And so what that means is what it would take for you to live your life comfortably now it's gonna take more than that when it comes time for you to retire. So you need to consider inflation when you're calculating these numbers because at the time when you retire, let's say if you retire at 65, or even if you retire at 70, at the time that you hit your retirement age, whatever it takes for you to live comfortably at that point, if you live 20 years beyond the time, uh, 20 years after when you retire, It's going to be more expensive five years after you retire than it was when you retire 10 years after you retired than it was when you retired it's going to be more expensive to live because of inflation, and so you want to make sure that you account for that as well, when. You're ready to retire. Am I having enough do I have enough money that's going to allow me to retire comfortably and continue to stay comfortable even as the cost of goods and services are increasing because you've saved up enough money and planned ahead for those things. So you want to definitely crunch the numbers and consider inflation and how much your living costs will be when you retire. You also want to consider things such as are you going to need assisted living? And you might not know if you need assisted living, but that's something that you wanna plan for. So you wanna research how much does assisted living cost if you have to go to an assisted living facility? Um, that's not a, a cost or a burden that you just wanna leave your family with. You wanna plan in advance. Hey, if if something happens and I need to go to an assisted living facility or I need uh, maybe in care or at home, uh in-home you know care services i want to be able to afford to pay for that not have to leave that burden on my family or have to go without the care that you need because you didn't properly plan for those costs and those costs can be quite pricey so that's something that you definitely want to look up research know in advance and start allocating the money for it and you also want to know how much medical care is going to cost generally when you're in your 20s 30s maybe even 40s it's not something that you tend to think about or worry about as much because you know you're strong you're healthy you're young and so it's not at the forefront of your mind but it needs to be even if not for now for later because you want to make sure that you have enough money to cover those medical expenses that may arise and as you age Medical expenses do tend to creep up, and so you want to make sure that you have enough saved you've invested enough over the previous decades, so that when you get to the point where you need it, you have it and it's there. So I want to back up a little bit to talk a little bit about investing when it comes to investing there is a lot of people, there are a lot of people that do not know how to invest They're not familiar with where to invest their money they. Um, We're never educated, whether it be by parents or definitely not by our school system um, on, you know, investing in general. Investing is very, very key in helping you to grow your money to the point to where you can retire comfortably and you can live comfortably in your later years. So the S&P 500 is a index. uh, The Standard & Poor's uh, 500 is a index of 500 large cap companies. And... Over the history of the SP 500, it has returned an average of a 10% rate of return. Now, I'm not going to get really deep into all the different places where you should consider putting your money. I mentioned this one because it's one of the biggest and most tracked indexes, and a 10% rate of return year over year is on, on average. That's not to say that every year you're going to, your money is going to grow 10%. Some years it might grow more than that. Some years it might actually decline. Um, but when you average out all of the years over the history of the S and P 500 going all the way back to, I think, 1957 when they started having, uh, 500 companies that they were tracking, the average return has been about 10%. Actually, it's a little bit more than 10%, but we'll say 10% on average. And so. That's not a bad return on your money. It outpaces inflation, which means that your money is growing at a rate faster than the cost of goods and services are rising, which is good and it allows you to be able to save, plan, and prepare for living in those later years of life. So what you wanna do is you wanna take a portion of that 20% of money that you're saving and investing, and you wanna put that into investing. I'm not gonna tell you where to invest it. I mentioned the S&P 500 again, because it's one of the largest and most tracked indexes uh, that investors use in terms of tracking performance of investing and also just placing their money in an index that tracks the S&P 500 to be able to grow their money at that decent rate of return over you know the coming decades and everything. So you want to have a portion of that 20% that you're supposed to put away for savings and investing. You want to put that in investing so that money is growing. Now there is this thing that Albert Einstein called the eighth wonder of the world. Compounding interest and the way that your money grows when it's compounded year over year over year is astounding. You take $200 a month and $200, if you're making the $4,000 a month and you take $200 of that, $200 is 5% of that $400. If you took $200 a month and you continue to just invest $200 a month and it grows at a rate of 10% year over or year over year just $200 a month which is 5% of your check in 20 years has grown to over $150,000 now imagine if you put 10% of your money in there you you can double that imagine if you put 20 percent of your money towards investing so this is all about managing your money in such a way to where you can can grow your money and later on in your later years of life you can have the hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars that you need to be able to maintain and live the life comfortably that you want to live in retirement so really 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 do take the time don't delay don't procrastinate on this because time is something that works, toward, works in your advantage when it comes to investing. The sooner you get started, that compounding effect is drastically increased. So if you were to start leaving five years sooner, like if you don't put this off and you start today rather than starting two years from now or a year from now even, that compounding effect of even just having that one or two year difference, let alone a five year difference, is gonna be huge and I'm talking huge in terms of it can make the difference later on in your years between tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars by you waiting years rather than getting started sooner. So the sooner that you start, the better that that you will be with being able to grow your money uh, with investing. So you definitely wanna get started with investing. Um, and I recommend talking to a, well, you can talk to a a loan officer who can guide you in the right direction, but really you want to talk with a financial advisor or a financial expert who can really help you to invest that money in the best way possible to be able to hit the marks that you want to hit for retirement. Um, so that's what I have for you in this episode. Thank you again for tuning in. Um, I wanted to drop this in and not really focus so much on home ownership with this episode because it is really, really important. I see again a lot of financial pictures, uh, with my line of work as a mortgage loan officer. And there are a lot of people that are struggling when it comes to managing finances. I don't want that to be you. I want you to stand out above everyone else. Um, and I want really everyone else to rise together. But I know that not everybody is going to do what it takes in order to increase their standard of living and live a better life now as well as in the future. However, you don't have to be that person, you can do what it takes to be able to save And still enjoy your life today, but making sure you're intentional on paying yourself first when you get that check, putting that money towards savings and investing first before you cover anything else. And by doing that diligently and consistently, you will ensure that you are putting money away that's going to grow into hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars that you can have for retirement when you need it. So that's all I have for you. Frederick Middlebrooks. You can follow me on Instagram uh, at GA Loan Officer, also on TikTok at GA Loan Officer. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. Hope you got a lot out of it. Look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Take care. Be blessed.